This is Michael Tidwell. And this is Mike, Michael B. Casey. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Avi, which is new to the Bitcoin space. And he's showing a lot of promise as far as his low-level uh, understanding of the SHA-256 uh, hashing algorithm. And uh, I, would, I think he's going to be big in the Bitcoin mining space slash kind of engineering space, it seems like. He has a lot of enthusiasm and interest. Avi, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, my name's Avi Eisenberg. Um, I live down here actually in South Florida, so it's really convenient that I got to come down to the Miami Bitcoin conference. Um, quick bit of history on myself. I went to school at Cornell for electrical and computer engineering. Um, always had an interest in building electronics, even as a young guy. Um, I studied hardware development on the low level, like microcontrollers, FPGAs, that kind of stuff. Um, I studied systems and, and filtering of digital data. Um, I studied autonomous, um, not necessarily robots, but like, you know, even, even microcontroller-based systems could somewhat be considered autonomous. Um, and I did some research in actually developing autonomous vehicles for uh, border patrol defense type applications. I was all over the place. Um, after I graduated, uh, in, I graduated in four years, I stuck around for an extra year teaching a course at Cornell called Mechatronics. Um, satisfied like an electrical engineering requirement for for the mechanical engineers um, and simultaneously I participated as like the staff electrical engineer in the laboratory of intelligent machine systems um, got exposed to a ton of different disruptive technologies that we're starting to see today 3d printing autonomous vehicles um, really very unique forms of energy harvesting um, I'll fast forward through the next part of my history really quickly. After I left Cornell, I worked for a company building fire extinguisher monitoring electronics. Took some products through UL, that was pretty cool, got some patents. Um, I then moved back down to Florida to take over a family business in plastics recycling and manufacturing, which is like a crazy jump, totally not related, other than the fact that I had a background in electrical engineering and I had to work on machines that were built in the 70s. Um, old school relay style logic, like you'd walk by these big electrical cabinets and you hear like literally mechanical relays firing. Um, and I took that business over, modernized some of our equipment, uh, took it through two mergers and acquisitions before I finally kind of stepped out of that. Uh, simultaneously, I actually worked on improving my personal relationship with the sugar mills in Florida, which is who I was recycling plastic for. Um, that led to me getting into the rum space. We and made, this is what you do this now? This is what I do on a daily basis. Talk yeah. about that project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I started a distillery. It's in Fort Lauderdale right by the airport. We make rum. Uh, it's called Fuego. I uh, have a couple contract clients. It's just standard manufacturing, nothing too out of the ordinary. Um, recently, uh, you know, back in October of 2016, um, one thing led to another, and we can get to that, but I ended up buying a couple miners uh, just to really see if it was possible to plug something into the wall with electric and a little bit of internet and just make money by burning power. So this is something interesting that you're bringing up earlier because I, I think it's a lot of, uh, in the impression of a lot of Bitcoiners that mining isn't very profitable. It's it's very hard to do it efficiently where you're where you're going to have a good ROI or projected ROI. And you, you seem to have a lot of confidence on it, it. And this is seems like to me, I won't be able to necessarily talk really about maybe the low level 
details of chips and, yeah. and whatnot. But but you, you seem to give the assertion that chips that are, or at least the ASICs aren't going to progressively get much better very quickly and that there yeah, well, is opportunities. We're hitting the wall, though. Like four yeah, so, so, wall. so look, here, here's what happens, right? Disruptive technology typically follows a standard course, even though that doesn't seem like that would make sense because it, it's kind of like non-standardized and that's why you cause disruption. If you take a look at particular disruptions, they all follow a similar pattern, right? Which is first, things come on the market, they are low feature, high cost. It's like the, the S-curve. Yeah, right, so yeah. like uh, Innovator's Dilemma, if you've read that book, they go over this concept very well and they talk about it with respect to like the disk drive industry. Okay, so we haven't been mining that long with respect to the course of technology, or been mining since 2009. ASICs, or let's say we went from that to GPUs to FPGAs, FPGA. which Whoever made that jump was a really smart person because yeah. to go from graphics cards to, to hardware development is a big very step. Long, it didn't last very long, though. You know <laughs> yeah. why, though? Because, because FPGAs, are but FPGAs yeah. were never made to be deployed. Yeah. Right? FPGAs were, were always test units. They're super freaking expensive. Yeah. Right? It's 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks for a development platform. Mm -hmm. um, forget actually buying the FPGAs and embedding them in something. Okay, and it's the there's too many transistors on it. it it's not necessary for what, for what we're doing. Okay, so you, you prototype it on FPGAs that actually just set the stage for the next guy to do the ASICs. Right. So obviously, the first thing that people would do with ASICs is they jump in and they say, look, we don't have the money or the resources to get in there and lay it out by hand. So we're going to make the first chip just be the, like the biggest nanometers that make sense. Because every step down you go and you make it smaller, the ability for the computer, at least today, to lay it out for you, doesn't, it like degrades, right? Because all of a sudden issues that don't appear in the theory of laying things out pop up, right? That's the engineering, is bridging like mm -hmm. theory to reality and saying, okay, well, I laid the transistors out like this, it caused an act, like a physical problem. And it doesn't work the way it, it doesn't work it should. It's too small. Like the, 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 so you have problems that you now yeah, have like to the, solve. Yeah, like the spice. Yeah, this is me being stupid, but is this the idea of two circuits being too close together? Yeah, like you could have, you could have tunneling, yeah. as you get too close, you could have capacitive effects mm. and that changes how electrons flow and all that. Okay. But let's take a step back. So. We, we started with, what, were they 20 nanometer chips I, I, or 28? Oh, no, a 28, 28. I think. Okay, uh, so maybe, maybe even bigger. You, you it know, might have been and, 32. And Mike, I, I have to remind you, he's only yeah, he's learned about Bitcoin new. like a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, because uh, for me, it's, abstract, <laughs> like, it's abstracted with regards to yeah. chips, right? Uh, 28 was, I remember, the first big ones, but I think they may have started with 32 even before that. Right, yeah. and a lot of people can design for 28, right? Yeah. Because you don't need as advanced of a fab house. The, like I said, you can use something like a description language to help you lay it out, but again, it's not going to be the most efficient, well thought out, those types of things. So back in October, I'm analyzing this and I say, oh my God, look at this. Let's look at the history of ASICs and where we are today. Every couple months, someone came out with a new ASIC, mm -hmm. displaced the old ones by a large factor to the point where you literally should just turn off your miners. The arms race. You yeah. should turn off your miners. Yeah. Right? It's an arms race on well, speed. Well, and it wasn't just speed, also efficiency, because the new ASICs are so much more energy but efficient. But that, that only matters if you have an electric problem. Well, yeah. If you have free electric, then well, efficiency I, is, I, doesn't I, it's, matter. It's, it's, a, it's a multiplier of... It is. It, it, so, yeah. so, so talking about just one is... It's, yeah, it's just it, it, speed slash efficiency is... When they release that ant miner or the equivalent with with uh, 16, I think it's 16 nanometers. It's held 
right? That was in June. Mm -hmm. We are in January. Well, Intel's only at what, 14? Right yeah, now? you can only yeah. go so far. Now, <laughs> increasingly from 16 to 14 to 12 to 9 now, being well, the smallest, right? Now, or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, Moore's Law. They're, they're, they're relegated to it now, effectively. It, it's gonna, but, but that jump costs a lot of money. So here's my question, and this is what I was actually really wondering your opinion on. Do you think Moore's Law applies to these ships getting smaller? Or as far as in the future, oh, in the past, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I want to, yeah, I, I want to say personally that when I look at Moore's law, it can't just be about transistors. It has <laughs> to be about more than that. It's more yeah. just like the technological impact having a doubling effect is how I look at it. Okay. Again, because like things can only physically get so small, but then like price is going to drop exponentially. Yeah. Applications are going to increase well, it's like, exponentially. It's like uh, processor speed hasn't really noticeably increased, but they've, chips have gotten so much more efficient. You have more cores. Right, my laptop doesn't burn, my, burn my legs. Yeah. <laughs> so another interesting point that you were talking about just uh, before this interview, you almost seemed a little bit like a freedom fighter kind of idea where you want you, you have these you want these single floating chips. You talk to Bitmain. Uh, can, can you talk a yeah, little bit about so, that? Yeah, so I want to, let's take a few steps back. Yeah, sure. Okay, so one of the guys here, I don't remember which guy it was, put up a, a picture that was a triangle of the Bitcoin network, right? You had nodes, you had users, miners. and you had miners, right? And they had arrows going back and forth between all of them. That's all great. But everyone in that network has different intentions, which is natural. Think, you know, that's what happens with humans. Everyone has their own point of view. But I think like, just being in one of those groups forces you to have a certain type of approach, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, I started in October pretty much as a capitalist. Like, I approached it. I said, shit, I can buy this machine. I can plug it in. It's going to make me money. What happens under the hood, to me, actually doesn't matter at all unless they stop paying me. Okay, mm -hmm. but then last week, and we talked about this. I went to my first Bitcoin meetup with the in Miami. And that's where, and that's the first time I, I saw yep. you. Was, it was the was first last time, Thursday. and that was my first exposure to the community outside of like Reddit. Oh, you are gonna love this. This is gonna <laughs> be great, right? So I showed up. He really started Bitcoin on Thursday. Yeah, that's, that's I showed crazy. up. I showed up, and the stuff that I had been thinking about, like deeply thinking about, wasn't even a concern or a thought or like maybe it was but it wasn't vocalized in that meeting it was all more about the one like node owners developers aspect of it mm -hmm. and I start looking at this and I say wow there's this arms race that's going on the code guys think the arms race is one thing the miners think the arms race is another thing and the users who don't get involved in that think it's all about transaction fees well, right? every, uh, every, everyone wants their own. Yeah. Everyone has, has their, their own, own agenda. Yeah. Everybody so, has their own. But because yeah. the miners are capitalists, mm -hmm. take it out of this, the context of Bitcoin for a second. What happens in capitalism? What's the eventuality of capitalism? There's one winner. That is the only logical Yeah, end not monopoly. Of, yeah, it's monopoly know? because yeah. eventually two people I, end up with money. I'm not sophisticated. Just for the record, I'm not sophisticated enough on my on my we're on, look, theory to we're on the We are on the second <laughs> half of the chessboard for for wealth division. Okay, every year that happens, 
Everyone's separating even further. For, for, for the audience, uh, this was a reference to Flip's uh, presentation that we just saw. Well, no, yeah, I, this but, is in my notes before oh, I saw Flip. Well, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, I took but, a picture but, but of his stuff and sent it to my buddy but, being like, look at this. the original background of that story of the doubling, what, what is that? That's Kurzweil. Kurt, it's Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil. Okay, the singularity just, is near. Okay. Uh, yeah. Everybody should read that book. <laughs> yeah, Kurt, look, Kurzweil is an amazing guy. Yeah, right? yeah. And he's made so much money off of betting on a business that will be able to function in 10 years from now. Wasn't that story before... Kurzweil, though? Yeah, yeah, there's okay. tons of variations of the story. The story is, but he, he's the one, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah he's the sure. one who right. took that and applied it And applied it to, to tech. tech. Not, yeah. not to, not to, yeah. yeah. Well, so, so Kurzweil yeah. takes the story of, of a guy, I guess he was selling the game of chess to yeah. a king, and he got returned a grain of rice for the first box, two grains well, of rice. Yeah, he was able to make his own conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah the and, starving but, village. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but regardless, so, let's... So we're in that right now for wealth, right? Now take that a step further and say, okay, the miners are going to have this mentality. We mm -hmm. are capitalists, right? They're mm -hmm. short term. They're, They're all short, about short term gain. Honestly, see, this is, this is one thing though. Unless Most they become of, hodlers. Well, the miners, well, uh, and this is, I think a lot of them don't give a shit about about what's going on in the ecosystem. They don't, they don't care. They don't know. They, they, they don't know enough they to be able to give a shit. They don't care enough to know. They a lot I, of them. I think a lot of miners are are. Because so this is my impression of the miners. Honestly, not the best source, but I'll let you know what, what I know. The miners don't want to rock the boat too much. They just want to make they them, want the they, cash. They, they they want to, Why do you say because that? Because it works now, and they know all. That's all they know is Who it cares? works. They this want is a game of global box. risk, guys. Well, yeah, Capitalists, but, go tell Exxon, guys, you sell enough oil at a big enough price. Just stop now. Their is, magic little box makes them money, so this, and that's so, all they know. Okay, yeah. great. That's all they <laughs> yeah. know, and, that's, and I, that that brings me back. Yeah. they make the boxes, but they're pressured to to. So you have people like Roger Ver. Yeah. Did you did you see him? I got to speak. So so. You have people like him that want potentially bigger blocks, and then you want, and then you have those miners also meeting with people like oh, block, the block size. No, but I'm saying like <laughs> those miners are, are getting a lot of input. They, they, they're, but you're, they're getting you're a lot talking of input about the, the miners that flag because they have nodes. Yeah, most of them don't care. What I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you is the amount of product that Bitmain is selling. They're selling it to people who don't know what you're talking about. I didn't. I cannot signal. My support for SegWit and block size because I don't that's, have access that's to a why node. the majority of them. That's why the majority of them are none. They don't vote one way or the other. The, no, it's because we proxied our vote to Ant Pool. Yeah, that's the, what the happens. Pool, the pool operators. The pool operators are the ones who actually. I understand, yep. but there's so much I, stuff going on with miners that have nothing to do with nodes. Mm -hmm. I have a question, you Mike. Maybe you know this. If I have a belief, like I want SegWit activated or I want this one activated, you know, whatever flags. Are there enough pools to I can voice my opinion? Enough? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think generally, if you look around, you can find a pool that, that, that has, has that, the that, same that, But I think it's you more that you just join a I mean, pool that supports your well, opinion, yeah. not that you change and, the opinion of the pool. Well, no, no. And also, there's slush oh, pool I'm not, I'm because, not but, but that's how it should be, right? If you plug into Ampool, it should be a collective so, group that votes on well, how no, that no. node acts. So, 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 yeah. But slush it's kind of like is a political it, party. There's you a, just go with what you agree with. I think right, but we should with the instantaneous nature of blockchain. You should hey, have the ability to change who's in control. Avi, so the first mining pool that ever existed is a pool called Slush Pool. And what Slush has done is he actually allows the individual miners to, uh, to set their own flag as part that's of awesome. this pool. So that's what he does. And he does have a default preference for SegWit, 
but it can be overridden, and, and there's actually two modes. I like so, this. So for don't care, he makes it segwit because that's his he default. Proxies. But, you know, he says if, it, if you have a vote, and if your vote is don't care, then that's automatically segwit. If your vote is I don't want to vote, then it's abstain. You just don't do anything. And, and then it, other than that, your vote is whatever you say. He that's, signals for that. And it's all the same pool. So you can you have any opinion you want in that pool. Sure, but are they selling hardware? Oh, slush? No. Right. I don't, I don't so Ant Main or <laughs> yeah. Ant Pool and Bitmain are making hardware, abstracting that stuff away, mm -hmm. and then selling it to people who don't know that that's even an option. It's configured to join to their pool. Yeah, literally, yeah. you plug it yeah. in and yeah, yeah. stratum.antpool.com. You know, well, here's the question: Why are they even selling it anyway? Why not run it themselves? They do. Yeah. And that's what's going on right now is that they're starting to hoard these devices. They haven't sold them in months when they were selling them every 15 days. Well, that's typical. Well, I mean, uh, because it's more profitable to mine yourself than it is to sell somebody sure. else. I think they were selling the miners just After. to pay back what they spent to develop no. them. And now they're going to scale the well, shit out of yeah, their side. Well, typically a lot of, you know, and, and I'm not saying Bitmain is doing this now because, but in the past you've had a lot of problems where uh, miners would, they would burn in the equipment. And then they would actually mine on it until it, while it was increasing so so much, that uh, un, until it was hardly useful, and then they would sell it after the fact, you know, after it had all of its good life lifespan taken out of it. So I'm not I'm not saying that they're doing that, but you know that's always a concern. So go, to go back to that original point of the single floating chip that you're bringing up. So here's my thought. Right now you have two main companies who are are promoting that they have chips. Right, mm -hmm. you have. Bitmain made the 1387 or whatever they're calling it, and you also have Bitfury, who claims to have made their own chip. And you've contacted both of them. I, I can Bitmain has no interest in selling chips at all, at least not to me. Mm -hmm. I reached out to Bitfury, which lists on their website, "Hey, if you have an application, reach out to us. We can make like you know, partnership program." Well, who can reach out with with five ten million dollars right now when you don't have a product? That's yeah. what they're asking for. They say, okay, cool. We'll sell you chips if you commit to buying one or two million chips today. And it's like, well, hold on. That's just not how electronics are developed in today's day and age. Today, we have a generation that I like to call the maker generation. I think other people say the same thing, which is like the younger guys who can take chips like APIs and software, right? Mm -hmm. You guys are programmers. Kind of wish maybe so you can yeah so, yeah right not really I claim, I claim to be okay no, so, but, but you can you can read an API and generally have an idea of how to plug it into the next API maybe. Uh, that's no. potentially that's I'm the not, idea yeah I'm not a software developer I'm a, I'm an okay. analytics guy so that's yeah. the idea of APIs right is to make yeah. it so you don't have to reprogram everything from the beginning you just plug it in API is rest life yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so the same thing happens with chips. But if you restrict the supply, you'll never see what can actually happen with mining. You're just gonna have the next ant miner and the next bit fury. Yeah. Well, but like if you if you made it so that like, you know, my kids that are two years old that in, in a year from now, two years from now, they could be messing with chips. Maybe maybe they're protecting their incumbency by doing that. I, I think they are. But that's not necessarily benefiting the network. No, it's not, but it's benefiting their so, bottom line. So what so. It's because they're capitalists, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but that's not exactly. correct because the other nodes in that triangle are not capitalists, mm -hmm. and that's going to bend the system, right? So one of the things I proposed yesterday when we were having that discussion, and even Flip proposed the same thing. It was just kind of hidden in what he was saying. What happens if the miners own themselves, right? Let's say, and I'm going I'm to try and make this as like, 
in layman's terms as possible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, a miner, or not a miner, a black box mm -hmm. goes onto the Ethereum network and issues tokens. We don't know who it is because it's just an address. Frankly, it could be your refrigerator, which is what everyone keeps talking about. Right. Okay? IoT. <laughs> goes on and it issues these tokens. And it all of a sudden racks in a million dollars. For the sake of talking. Okay? So like in a crowd sale? Yeah, sure. Okay. It doesn't matter. For, forget I'm not, that. I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to understand. I see. No, they issue tokens. They issue... They, they're trying to get a loan, effectively. Uh, okay. So maybe the tokens are like a debt structure and they have to pay back to okay. get their tokens back. Okay. I'm with you. So this black box, whatever it is, whoever it is, raises money. And then it invests the money into miners. Okay. The miners pay back the investment who then pays back the tokens. But now the miners own themselves because they actually took debt, not equity, for money. Like his cars wait, 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 for Uber. Wait, wait, wait. By, by miners, are you talking about I'm the talking the physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not talking... Okay, wait. So, so look, look, the owners of the miners are let not me, miners. They let, are owners. Let, 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 me, let me restate this for people because when, when we typically talk about miners, we're talking about a people. guy who's setting this up. You are not talking about that. No, I'm you talking, talking about, about the self-sustaining apparatus Correct. of mining equipment. Correct. Okay, when you talk about a distinction. Is it? When you talk yeah. about a gold mine and you talk oh, about no, the owner, do you say he's a miner or do you say he has miners that work for him? Well, no, I mean... He's a capitalist but, miner. But, like, the, the okay. miners... But he's not like a miner. Miners. Like, he wouldn't be part of the union if, you, if right. he would. Okay, They'd yeah. have a union but and you'd have management. I, I think this is just a... You know, Who it's just owns a, these miners? That's they the own themselves. Okay. Right, it's, yeah. it's a... Okay, yeah. Because well, they can take debt. If they can pay back, so here, they can take debt. A little suggestion. I would just say, instead of referring to as miners, because that is the colloquial for people who operate mining equipment and control and configure and the master of the mining equipment, I would say something can like mining Can we call them masters? Mining because it, it, it will well, imply the negative connotation well, that it has can, in owning can, that equipment. You can call them whatever you like. But, but I mean, I would, I would just suggest referring to the equipment as like mining equipment instead of miner. Right. Oh, but that's so like... Or, or just think of like a better you need name. to personify these things. Well, well don't say miners <laughs> because you confuse people because they think when we say miner, that we're talking about like the guy That just sounds like to change the way we're they think. Well, yeah, we're yeah. talking about changing paradigms. So no, like, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying to avoid confusion. Sure. Because okay. I was very confused there. Okay, I, I so just want to let you know real quick. Miners is synonymous with Chinese. And it's very confusing. That's what that's what most people think about when you think about Bitcoin miners. Is it's happening days. in China? Well, these yeah. days. Okay, okay. So let's yeah. call them so you, the workers. Actually, that's what they call them on a lot of pools. The okay. Workers, yeah. Yeah. Right? All right. How many workers do you have? Yeah. So the the workers. Okay. This is okay, starting this is, to get a little. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We're, let's just let's just keep going. Let's just know. Let's just know we're talking about mining equipment only itself. Okay. Let's so just, let, yeah, let's okay. say. So right? the AI let's revolution, the computers now they control buy, yeah. everything. They control so, but the what means does that of supply, do? so that's good. Okay. So so. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Look, computers and AI are already routing resources and all that type of stuff. So if uh, you yeah, think that that's not already out no, of our no, control, that's just a fallacy. It is inevitable. It's already happening. It's not yeah. inevitable. It's happening. <laughs> right. I won't let it happen. Like some of the most Personally. powerful supercomputers are like with Walmart. Yeah. Go figure. Okay, so, but anyways, back to the workers. Mm -hmm. If the workers own the network of, of workers, and they could vote on how to spend the funds, and do we buy more workers, or pay you're for more workers? You're talking about a DAO. A, a but a owned by the miners, or the workers. The, you, uh, owned by the AI. Correct. Okay, yeah. Sure, so, yeah. Owned, yeah, by yeah, yeah. owned by but the AI. But what does that do to transaction fees if we said that maybe the AI was not capitalist? Now, that's a different discussion, and we can get into that I for don't hours. Think, so let me just be clear. 
if we have sophisticated AI like that, I don't think we'd be using a blockchain. Really? I think we're only no, going to use blockchain. I think we're only no, going to be using I, a blockchain. I think, I think they would come up, if, if, if AI can start programming itself and start doing all this stuff, it might come up with something better. Well, eventually Maybe. it will. I, I agree, but then it, it doesn't matter. But, but, like, but we don't then, need to plug into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're out of the picture by then. It's I, like, <laughs> yeah, but the, the intersection of AI and blockchain is like a huge, not yeah. problem, but it, that's going to cause like profound effects that well, people like, aren't talking it, about. So, so blockchain to me, it's one of the legs of, 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 of technology that it's going to allow because AI can actually use money now. Right. It, it could not before but what I'm saying. blockchain technology. So, so here's, here's one thing, and I want to get to, you know, your opinion on this metaphor because I, I like this. I, I, I don't know if I heard it somewhere or if I partially made it up myself or something, but, but I ended up with the concept of the internet as being like, so society is an organism, right? It's just a big organism like your body and it's made up of a bunch of cells. But that organism, when the internet came about, that organism now had a neural network, right? So now that we have cryptocurrency, that gives it musculature. So it has the ability to move things from one thing to another. It has the ability to apply will to things, right? But yeah. that is the societal like organism. That. Yeah, I, I just wanted to get your take That's on great. That. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the skin? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how far to take this metaphor. Well, I mean, and, then, and then the problem is, is yeah. that that metaphor that you're talking about going from adding the neural, like the neural connection to adding the muscles took a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, Going from the muscles to the skin is going to take half the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's fast forward actually. Bitmain and Bitfury don't want to work with you, but you're, you're still passionate about, uh, I don't know, Chips. AI taking over the world is what you're passionate about? Yeah, you know, I, I do take the pessimistic view on what AI is going to contribute. And we can, um, there's 50-50 on the yeah. other, other side of that. Uh, talk about, do you think you're competent enough to make your own shop 256 ASIC chips? Sh sure. So, look, obviously, easier said than done, it takes more than one person. Mm. Um, what I can tell you is it doesn't take a team of a thousand to make a chip with a known algorithm. Okay, when you get down to it, when you make an ASIC, it starts with C code. I've I've personally programmed SHA-256 in C with inputs well, you, to outputs is really easy. You also have to have die facility. You have to have a, you know. But there are those available. Like yeah. Cornell has that, right? Mm -hmm. They have a program where like I could reach out and get students on this, not only on the on the laying out of the ASIC, but they also train the I students mean, on the fab. do we even have high, high uh, production capability in the U.S. anymore? Because as far as but I know But isn't Foxconn supposed to be building something in the United States? Well, I don't know. I hadn't I, heard, actually. Is that the case? But, but okay, so take that, that, that as truth. Okay. Maybe this opens up new manufacturing. Maybe. Maybe we need to start manufacturing our I chips mean, because the do. arms race is not on building do. the workers. Yeah. It's about putting supplying the chips that make the workers. Yeah. And that's I a agree. bigger arms race we, we've than We've given anything. up a very, very large piece of our dominance by by farming all of this out. Because yeah. we, we no longer have any infrastructure to build the next generation of anything. We're 100% reliant. Now, yes. what I would say with regards to making the chip is that my goal would be to make them available. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say I call on the community to decide if it has to be me that makes it available or if we can band together and make it available. But someone, whether it's me or maybe Bitfury comes around and says, you know what, that's right, we need to return the chips to the people. <laughs> like, I know that sounds crazy, but we need to get this in more hands. 
because yeah. right well, now I can go buy any so, other chip except so I, that. I think that's coming. I believe that's coming because of the fact that we're running up into Moore's Law, where we're bumping up against the current generation of software. So that means you're going to have a lot more, lot longer cycle times, and what it'll allow for is mass production. It means prices are going to come down, and then it'll be more advantageous for them to sell to other people than it will be for them to hoard it on their own and use it for mining alone because they'll be able to just to pump them out. I think one of the things people talk about for profitability, right, for mining, is like, well, you have to buy the miner, or you have to buy the worker, right? Yeah. So I bought an ant miner, I imported it myself. S nine, and you're and you're and you're on your way to making your money back on the miner. Oh pretty, yeah, pretty well. No you, problem. You, profitability. I wow. ordered it myself, which, so which I, is impressive. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. just I told just you. So my monthly yeah. bill per miner per worker is about seventy to seventy-five dollars. Mm -hmm. So I'm mining between two hundred and seventy and three hundred dollars. What are your electricity converted. costs? That's the cost. I told you okay. seventy to seventy-five dollars to oh, run so a thirteen hundred watt miner. Okay, twenty-four-seven. Cool. And you make uh, okay, so they're, they're profitable. They're they're definitely profitable. In Are fact, we, they're the only ones that are profitable. No, unless, the sign is right so now. Unless you is. buy it yeah. for what it costs. So, Think about what happens mm -hmm. if you paid what the ant miner costs. Exactly. You make your money back in a month. And, and and that's that's why I believe once we get all the optimizations in and and it's not so expensive because you don't have to immediately design the next generation and then do which is where we are today. That, then then it becomes cheaper. Yeah. Okay. If we well, go from sixteen to fourteen, we have yeah. at least like two years. Two years, and then it's going to get really cheap and will be very decentralized. So I want to say one thing, and, and it does make sense because of we're hitting that wall is, is what you're saying, but I'm under the impression, and this is me being a skeptic, that it's going to be harder to make your money back on those miners than you think, and I want to follow up with you uh, oh, every yeah. once in a while. Because I'm yeah, very we'd interested. Yeah, like to hear status. Yeah, yeah, I have I'm two more very, months. Yeah, I'm very Whoa, interested. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have two more months. Yes, but, but, but so so historically, have, well, on, historically you never hold make on. it. I want to see if he's profitable even even after you pay back that miner. I want to see, I want I want to keep uh, 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 Sure, but let me, let me throw yeah. something back at you to answer that. And, and I'm, I'm happy for you, but. I get yeah. to deduct that from taxes because it's a it's less than 2,500 bucks. So I can fully deduct that. That's Immediately. <laughs> so when I pay $2,000 for a miner and I get $2,000 written off my taxes and I make money, I pay zero taxes on the currency I mined, even if I stick to the IRS regulations. Oh, I didn't know. I thought according to the, because I've actually studied this a little bit, as far as my knowledge of the IRS regulations, it counts as income. Yes, I understand. Okay, yeah. It counts as income on the currency side, but mm -hmm. you have the expense of the asset oh, yeah. against Off it. Offsetting expense. So I don't yeah. have taxes. No, no, you're, you're exactly right. You right, do you have make an offsetting more, expense. You, yeah. Right. So are you right. recommending everyone buy an uh, S9 miner? If you could find them, well, that's the only one. I would tell you, I would tell all. you to do that yeah. if you could find them. But what I can assure you is that like people are are going through Reddit right now, looking to buy them by the hundreds, and they can't get filled. How yeah. did you How did you buy yours? I, I reach out directly to Bitmain. And how much did you pay for yours? So each miner, if you buy them direct, not through Bitmain warranty, but directly from Bitmain. It's about sixteen fifty, mm -hmm. so one thousand six hundred and fifty bucks for about fourteen. Which is significantly, which is significantly less than, than here than what they pay for. Yeah, yeah. So and then importing it. by the time you ship it gotcha. and taxes and everything, it lands at my door five days after I transfer them money. By the way, yeah, and I've transferred them cash and Bitcoin, to, you know, different times. Yeah, and five days later, I get a miner. It landed for about seventeen hundred and fifty bucks. And you have two? Or I have three of those three. running, and I built an Ethereum rig to see what that was all about. Okay, cool. and and why can't we do what you did? To you get can, them? but you can't get them. Okay, so you got lucky. 
as far as I stay, it? I try and stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You start like <laughs> you, you've been staying ahead of the curve since uh, October, right? I mean, I'm trying to. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, obviously yeah. not like getting ahead of the curve in 2009. No, I get that. I just but, like, I find you. I find my you first thing okay. is like All before right. I buy it, I try and get someone at Bitmain who can tell me before they go on sale. Mm. So they email me six hours ahead of time so that at 11 a.m. when they release them, I can always buy them. Oh, right cool. now, there's we need to get you on the Slack. Well, it's it's early. Early bird gets the <laughs> early bird, right? Yeah. So now, through additional people that I've talked to, I've gotten more connections with that crowd, and we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. So you didn't really talk about your first project in oh. the space uh, yeah, about the uh, the brewery or distillery. Yeah. So I bought the miners. I plugged them in. I'm running them or the workers, right? And I say to myself. You're producing all this heat. I'm producing all this mm -hmm. heat. What am I going to do with this? I've seen some YouTube videos where like people plummet back into their AC systems so they can like heat their house, but we're in Florida. We don't need to do that. Um, as I mentioned before, I have a business making liquor. Um, one of the very interesting things in our business is that even the biggest of companies do something called temperature cycling, where you take what's called a rickhouse or a barrel room and you cause it to temperature cycle more than the normal cycle of the day. Like at night it gets cooler, during the day it gets hotter, there's some range and it goes back and forth. As that happens, the barrels expand and contract. And it's like a vacuum in there, so when that happens, it causes the liquid to go into the wood, out of the uh, wood, that's back what, and forth. That's what ages it. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. ages it, right? See, 90% of the flavor of your aged spirits is coming yeah. from the flavor of the barrel, not the flavor yeah. of the spirits. That's the charred inside. oak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The char is the toasted. Alcohol well, that's is why, that's why they can resell those barrels. Yeah. That's why they resell yep. the barrels, yeah. right? So the only like real natural way to speed it up without introducing like motors and, and pumps and like all like pressures and micro vibrations and all sorts of stuff is just to cycle the room's temperature mm -hmm. and like i said this is happening on the biggest of scales i don't want to call out any company names because god help me if i get acquired i don't want to be on record <laughs> yeah. like dissing any of the big alcohol brands <laughs> right so but how do they do that they do something like stick their boiler in there or they stick a chiller in there which they may or may not use that electric it's unclear but we'll mm -hmm. never know right so what I did is I took my heat generating workers and I started putting them next to my barrels. Yep. And I measure the temperature. It does go up during the day and when I shut them off they get cooler. Even if it's only by a couple degrees, it starts temperature cycling those barrels two or three times the amount than they used to be. Yeah, that's cool. Right? And it's just a simple like pointed at the barrels, I didn't do anything crazy. <laughs> and that's part of how so, I got like more interested so I posted a picture of this. So, so there, it, this just rings a bell because there was something I saw last week on Reddit, and it was actually for Bitfury. Uh, did, did you see this? So it was, it was a coolant system, and it was only on Reddit because it was quoted that Bitfury uses it. It was at CES. It was a total immersion yes, for the board. I've seen it. That was so, amazing. but that's old. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, if you yeah. go on like BitHeat.com, there's a guy. I think he might have been in Russia where he like took an aquarium effectively because mm. you could sink a computer yeah. or you could build any computer and put it under liquid yeah. for heat purposes. And he did that and he was trying to like blow that heat from the liquid into the room. But I take it one step further. Their whole, their whole, like there's a whole third tier to what Bitfury is doing with liquid immersion cooling, mm -hmm. uh, cooling right? Um, what, so we started. What if you put the miner in the liquor <laughs> so so hold on so no no but so hold on that's what i'm that i'm not going that far yeah. because that's a little bit explosive right there's yeah, some but you risk could sell it as is correct so here's the next step of what i'm already doing yeah right? so real quick 
a science lesson on how distillation works. You have a, a solution of alcohol and water. They have different boiling points by about 50 degrees you Fahrenheit. Condense, yeah. You heat it up, you, you activate the boiling point of the alcohol, you run it all the way up to the boiling point of the water and you shut run the process off. off. Yeah. And you run that as many times as you want to increase the purity, right? Mm -hmm. In that process, we're pumping a shit ton of heat into the liquid to heat it up from room temperature to vaporization, letting those vapors go through a tube, and then we're hitting it with cold water to collapse that back into a liquid, yep. right? Okay, how do I do that today? I use resistive heating mm -hmm. and I heat water, which turns into steam, which then heats my liquid, which then turns that into steam, and I literally start heating one thing and I keep kicking the can down the road until I need to cool it. Well, why don't I add one step before that where before I, can, before I use the resistive heating, I use those same electrons to mine bitcoins. Right. And then I use the heat that's outputted from that, which, by the way, is almost 100% of the electric you're putting in, comes out as heat, gets burned up off the chips. I blow that. Now, I, what, here's a little unique thing I set up. With distillation, you can make that range between the boiling points bigger if mm -hmm. you introduce a vacuum into the system. Oh, okay, yeah. So I because use vacuum, yeah. right? So you separate the boiling points even more. Mm -hmm. I got the boiling point of alcohol down to like 130, 140. You blow a bunch of Bitcoin mining heat directly at that base. Mm -hmm. I introduce water there as a buffer to just hold the heat to make it consistent. And all of a sudden, I can make money off of mining and use that same exact heat to separate my rum from my water. Wow. Well, that's um, a great use of waste heat. I mean, and it's just, it, it didn't take much, but like a month of like thought and ordered some parts and whatever. I think there's so much more, so many more applications well, yeah, way beyond yeah. my self-interested application there, right? That we can use like literally industrial heat replacement. Yeah. Um, we had talked a little bit about like just a one case example would be like heating a runway. Mm -hmm. or like de-icing a runway. Right now you use tractors and labor and all, or pipes. He's, he's saying literally put Literally uh, make a massive the, PCB yeah. under, the, under runway the runway and just run it all the time. Which I'm not sure about the maintenance of that. Well, I don't I, know either. Yeah. I, I don't would, know I either. probably make a heat sink in the runway and, and have the PCB. Sure. You yeah. could do yeah. if, if you had on the so side. not under the plane. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's as yeah. much of uh, oh, yeah. I don't think that's as big of an issue. But... Um, in fact, you might want to line the whole thing with graphene and absorb the energy well, from that the collision, would actually, right? Yeah. So, well, and that well. can power that back to the miners as well. Well, now that we know about graphene. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Come on, I'm, we've always known about graphene. No, not him. <laughs> hey. Just I'll tell you, my, all calm down, my, right? I, had a TA, I had a TA in 2005 that was working on using graphene to bridge electronics with neurons. Cool. This is like real deal stuff that yeah. we've been working on for a long time. This is back to one of those was things. That, was that, that like, graphene or carbon nanotubes? This was graphene. Like, I didn't know graphene was that She's old. She's been laying this stuff. That, like, I, this is what she was doing in the Cornell fab houses. Cool. This is why I took her 10 years to get a PhD. That is fascinating stuff. But like, they, they well, sit around get too and do this. I, this is why I didn't become a PhD. <laughs> I don't have that kind of time, right? So, real quick, because we need to wrap this up. We're going to go to lunch pretty soon, but... What, uh, what, what have you thought about the conference so far? I think the conference is great. I'd say that the people who have booths, most of them, it seems like the guys who are like taking a corporate approach to things. Like, Again, you see most people aren't spending time in any of the booths. Um, I think that 
what's going on in the conference room, there's some very interesting things, but I liked the rhetoric uh, more that was happening in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's where the real content's coming out, that's where the real opinions are like, I I think change comes from tension. Bathroom talk. Bathroom talk, fireside (laughs) chats in the bathroom. that's a good way to put it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because li- literally, well, um, what do you think about Genesis or sorry, Genesis mining? Genesis mining. Um, have any of you visited the mine? No, no. We've just seen pictures. I did not even go to their booth. Yeah. I okay, did. so I think so, at, at this table we all could look at it. It might actually be a scam. We don't know. I'm not going to. Is it was it cloud not, mining? It's, it's cloud it's, mining. Yeah, right. Mining. right? Yeah, I don't there's there's no in, there, there's no paperwork on there as to how so he priced cloud, it, cloud which is important. Is likely always a scam. Just because it may they as well choose be. when it they may turn it on well and off. So that alone doesn't make sense. The the people who pay for the contracts should mm. have a vote as to whether they continue mining or not, yeah. even if it's not profitable. And yeah. that goes back to the workers have to own themselves. Well, I mean, if, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't control your private keys, you don't own your Bitcoin, if you don't control your hashing equipment, then you're not mining. <laughs> you know, that, that's... Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, all you did was bought a bond. Yeah, basically. And you bought a bond that doesn't have any sort Anything of documentation to yeah, as to no what that coupon rate is or why. Yeah. There's no discount rate on, like... How mining works, all this stuff is up in the air. And the only guys who even came close to talking about it are the finance guys, and they get booed on stage. Yeah. <laughs> they get booed on stage. They're the only guys who know how to do that kind of math. Yeah. So, wrapping it up, Avi, I think you're an awesome guy. You've shown a lot of enthusiasm in the space for such a short amount of time. Where can people find more, more about you? Find out more about you? Uh... Are you on Twitter? Do you have it on Twitter or uh, you know, Reddit? Most of the social media work, you say. work I do is really just for the distillery. Mm-hmm. Like, you got an email? Or if it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's not do email. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe we can get you on the Slack channel yeah. for uh, for my meetup group. Perfect. And then um, yeah, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can keep keep track of what you're doing. Perfect. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll stay up to date. Yeah. That's awesome. Sound cool. good? Yeah, that's what we'll so do. So if you want to see Avi, you too can be on the Atlanta blockchain meetup group. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or Slack Slack meetup group. So uh, we'll, we'll get you on there and then, because uh, re- I'm really interested to see how your mining goes. And yeah. Sure. What, you, what you end up doing. Okay, I definitely want to yeah. see where you end up going with yeah, this stuff. I, I, look, a lot I'm not purchasing any more miners. Yeah. It, was a, it was a more of a thought experiment rather than anything. I kept well, all I'm, the Bitcoins. I haven't traded them back feet. into cash. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's just awesome. I'm going to hold whatever they... You know, I'm paying the electric bill so, of cash and holding the Bitcoin. Like, I'll do all that, but I don't need to expand my mind. So, Avi Eisenberg, thank you very much. We, yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah, this is The Takeover signing out with Avi. Thanks again, man. Bye. <laughs>